calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Talkcast Podcast. There he is. How are you? Not bad, buddy. How are you? Good. Uh, busy. 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 Probably a good word to describe you at this point, hey? Uh, it's insane right now. It's, yeah. Uh, awesome. What have well, I, thank, what have I done to some, myself? <laughs> some time out of the sketch to... To join, you're a set. You're a repeat offender, man. This is your second time on the podcast. Right before the pandemic, we had you on to. I think it was for the Indie Week 2019. I think. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. It's great. I see all your content, and like, man, like uh, you're killing it. Like posting all the time and everything. It's just oh, like, dude. Yeah, the Twitter dude. is insane. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, it's impossible to not see it. Yeah, uh, but you know we're we're a little less on uh, you know Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, we're getting a lot of really cool guests, and uh, you know, for something that I thought after I, you know, after I got let go from radio, I thought that I'd be, I don't know, maybe like a year doing this, two years at the most. Yeah, like almost nine years, man. Like, wow, really? What the hell? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wow, nine yeah. years. So huh. I. I guess that's the spot to start with with you today, Daryl, is like, you know, obviously the, the pandemic, it derailed the the live portion of, of Indie Week. And, and one of the things that you were going to get into all the stuff, many, many, many hats. You wear many hats, my friend. Yeah. But um, I guess the like, you know, you did a lot of uh, like online content for the 2020 and the 2021 parts. How hard was that to get Indie Week back on track and, you know, coordinating again with bands and venues and, you know, the city and all that? Well, we're not doing the festival anymore at all. Oh, it's not even happening. It's just, no. it's online stuff still. We're, we're completely wow. online. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, now, is that a choice because it worked so well or is it yeah. because like, holy, yeah. Hey. All, all the above. Um, wow. wow. Yeah. Moving everything online. Are, okay, are we going? Are we live? Oh, yeah, we're going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So here's here's the deal. Um, when, when COVID hit, we literally lost everything. And we were, I'd say, two weeks away from closing for good everything. Wow. Like, 
shutting down everything on the indie week side. Uh, of course, I'm working for downtown music and that's great and, and such, but um, yeah, we were basically about two weeks away from just calling it a day after basically 20 years of work. And uh, like we lost other contracts, like we booked uh, bands for uh, the Maple Leaf, uh, like basically real sports after every Maple Leaf home game. And of course, NHL canceled. So we lost that contract, uh, although we're, we might be doing that again, uh, mm. hopefully. Um, but so, so, so is a number of factors, not just the festival, not just the conference. Uh, basically, everything was not happening. Um, uh, and, and it's tough as a business owner because, you know, you, you're responsible for paying staff and you're, you're, uh, want to maintain that as best you can. But when nothing's coming in, you got to make choices. Right. So, so we were really close and, and we also fell through the cracks of all the COVID support funding. We literally got none. We got $5,000, uh, for the entire year. So, so that was another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, so we went into doing our online conference with a lot of questions, unknowns. Like, you know, we're very lucky the support of our partners and our sponsors. They're what really got us through. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, everyone's asking, what do you expect? I don't know. How many people are going to be there? I don't know. <laughs> like, what kind of reaction are you expecting? I don't know. I've never done an online conference before. Yeah. Um, but the response is so overwhelmingly positive mm. and the results, like people got jobs because they connected with other attendees. People collaborated as songwriters with other attendees in other countries. Uh, people have released NFTs with NFT marketplaces in other countries. Um, so the results are actually astounding and overwhelmingly positive. And, and so that's where we were like, okay, well, we can't wait 12 months. So we created other conferences. So we now have four online conferences. Mm-hmm. And, and each time has been overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. And, and our last one, we had the highest amount of registrations out of them all. So it actually, instead of seeing a decline, it actually went up. And that's overwhelmingly positive. So... You know, going to back to the live music space, I've been watching and I do talk to people and managers and such. Costs are up. Insurance is up. Uh, venue rates in some cases are up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the cost, like uh, a lot of even like beer prices and everything is up. So patrons are having to pay more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... Uh, not that long ago, I'd say four weeks ago, I, I, I'm on a thread of, you know, all the venues of across Canada and everything. And what a lot of the reports then was that, let's say, even if the show was sold out, 20 to 30 percent of people are still not showing up, even though they bought a ticket, 20 to 30 percent were still not showing up. Um, either think of it like maybe they have COVID now because it's still going around. Mm-hmm. or fear of getting COVID or wow. any, something else, right? So there's just so many factors and unknowns still that I just looked at, you know, what's working is working. Let's really amplify that and get mm-hmm. better at it and do do it really well. Um, as opposed to start something again that has a lot of unknown factors. 
and um, I've been seeing mm. cancellations still. I've been seeing, you know, I, I just saw Moist uh, not that long ago cancel the show, and they had to scramble to find an opener. Uh, I think it was with the tea party because um, of COVID, and right. and and I'm not singling out Moist. Uh, Moist new album, everybody, it's David, <laughs> right? Uh, but but it's the thing is like like it's still there, and and yeah, I just don't want to deal with it. It, it sounds like it's something that you might maybe in the future want to kind of get back into once well putting and like you know i i get what you're saying though like you know i i just started up podcast shows again live shows like where i'm hosting and interviewing and the band plays and all that but you know pr prior to covid it was like 12 bucks a ticket 15 at the door it's now 20 bucks a ticket 25 at the door yeah, not by my choice. That's the venue saying like that's what we're charging now. Yeah, it, it's and, and and the other thing too is the competition is fierce right now because of a number of things, especially in in Canada. One, all the major artists who also were locked down are going full guns right now. Like I I just saw Roger Waters. We just had Red Hot Chili Peppers. We just had Alanis Morissette. We just had like everybody's on the road and they're the rage against the machine, you know, um, 120 price... bucks a pop. Doesn't matter where you're sitting. Exactly. Uh, well, I got two tickets to Roger waters and it ended up being almost 500 bucks. Right. And, and um, so do people have disposable income to go to the smaller shows? Um, and then even still we're in competition with a lot of the young bands that are trying to get back to normal too. Mm -hmm. So, um, and another factor is we have lost some venues. So even the landscape of what we normally would do isn't normal in the sense we can't do it to the same capacity. Um, there are some new venues. So that means making new relationships and how does that work? And so, so yes, there's a lot involved, but uh, we did announce yesterday our first live show that we're presenting in London, Ontario, and it's with Soft Cult on September 15th. And it's part of a, a three-part series that we're going to have. We're going to have two other shows to announce. Uh, so we are dipping our toes back into the live music space. Great. Mm -hmm. um, right. And the hint in the, the release that went out is it is to promote a new music festival we're launching November 2023 in London, Ontario. And this is the first time I've mentioned it, just so you know. <laughs> That's great. You're hearing it here first. Exactly. That's great. But yes, so, so, so we so are in, doing stuff. In, Indie Week Canada is uh, November 8th through 12th online. Yes. And, yeah. then, and then talk to us about the, the Music Pro Summit which is happening real quick, September 6th through 8th. Yeah. So, so as I said, we split up uh, our conference into four and each has sort of like a, a focus because online, it's not like a hotel. You've got six rooms running all different things. We mm -hmm. want to really focus the content. So Music Pro Summit is high level industry discussions. So we're talking metaverse, of course, a little bit about NFTs, uh, but talking about how to monetize sync and licensing, publishing, uh, a little bit higher level discussions in doing business and, and how to strategize. 
Mm. Uh, metadata is there is also very important. Uh, how to be discovered online uh, is a really big one uh, because, you know, 70,000 songs a day going up. How do you get found? And, and that's a huge pain point for a lot of artists. So, so the other beauty of doing digital conferences is we're very agile and nimble with the topics we choose because it's easier to get real high level speakers because we're not having to fly them in. It's not based on their schedule. They, I, we just ask for one hour of their time. So we've got a great lineup of speakers. I have to say it's top notch. Are you able to let the cat out of the bag on some of the extraordinary speakers you have? Yeah, well, well, it, it's think of it like as you know, we've got speakers from companies like Banzoogle, uh, the one of the speakers that we've had a few times and is we've actually built a really good relationship with uh, Steve Stewart, who managed Stone Temple Pilots. Mm. And he's he's very active in the metaverse. He's got a really great project he's working on uh, based in L.A. Um, so so that's what I mean. We've got people who've done it. Right. And. And like, I mean, with Stone Temple Pilots, they sold over 40 million albums and he was behind that. Like he, he, he drove that. Yeah, so, so it's cool. people, yeah, it's people who've done it. And, and the great part is, is, you know, he's in LA, he's able to jump online and spend an hour with us and share, share the information. Um, so it allows us to get a lot of other speakers, you know, like Alan Cross is doing a keynote with uh, one of our speakers. Uh, cool. So. Yeah, it's it's I'm super excited because it's opened the doors as somebody who's programs these conferences where we kind of like brainstorm and like maybe we can get this guy and like before it'd be like oh man that'd be so expensive to fly him in and this and and a lot of people are willing to share information. A lot of people are willing to Well, when it's this, share. it's just so easy when it's hey, can you jump on a Zoom? Yeah. You know, there's an online component that's very very like, you know, when you ask, like you say, people have information they want to share and they're more willing to do that as opposed to I'm going to jump on a plane. It's going to take me like three hours to get there. It's going to be a run around at the airport and then I've got to get to the hotel and way easier yeah. to say yes to this. Absolutely. And the other part is, is they're all open to sharing like their contact information and they're like, uh -huh. Hey, here's my email in the chat and, and such. So, um, that's incredible. Yeah, at a normal conference where they, uh, you know, I've been to many around the world and it's like, oh, I hope I meet this person. And you don't. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's it. So, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, I know that they were there, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the beauty is, is that uh, our platform is up for three months. So even if you can't tune in for a certain session, the recording is there and their contact information is all there. So even three months later, you could email yeah. that that speaker and and be like hey i just watched the video and i've got a few questions that's amazing how yeah. how old were you when music took control of your life <laughs> uh grade six it was grade six yeah about uh, that for me too yeah i i was enamored by just so many different aspects be i mean th those were the days where saturday morning cartoons started early with like the partridge family Bay City Rollers, so there was music yeah. Saturday mornings, um, and then a few years later when video started, Friday nights was uh, Good Rockin' Tonight. Stu uh, Jeffries. Stu Jeffries and Terry he, David he's Mulligan. He's a guest a week after you're a guest. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, see, he's still going. 
He's um, amazing, man. He's like one of the reasons I got into the industry. Yeah, exactly. You know, so so watching shows about videos, uh, uh, you know, uh, new music, uh, new music tonight uh, was another huge influence. And well, the funny part is at the start of video shows, there was almost no video. So they kept playing the same ones like right. running up the hill. Kate Bush, who's really big right now. Sure. Uh, uh, talking Heads uh, was another one that they played all the time. Like yeah. it, it was artistic videos right off the bat. So uh, that had a big impact. And uh, yeah, basically since grade six, I knew I was going to do something with music. I was hoping to play guitar, but you know, not everybody can make it and you <laughs> find yourself in the biz. <laughs> nice. And, and what's your first memory that involves music? Hmm. First memory that involves music. That's a really tough one. Um, I would say it's either my mom or my grandfather playing piano. And I used to, I remember I used to sit on the piano bench next to my grandfather and he'd play songs like The Entertainer, uh, a lot of ragtime kind of stuff. And I'd just be amazed. And I'm like, I, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I think it was a, the last time we talked, I'd asked you about like your first concert and stuff, right? And you were like, I can't remember if it was Neil Diamond or if it was Olivia Newton-John. Wow, you've got a good and, memory, yeah. And and, <laughs> what, and and what a shame of Olivia Newton-John passing. Like I, you know, I put out a, a thing like, oh man, my first crush, Olivia Newton-John, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, which musician for you, which death affected you the most? in the last Ooh. little while i remember like when glenn fry of the eagles passed like i was i was choked i mean i i, I think i almost cried and that was like about six years back right so i i uh chris cornell cornell yeah chris cornell um it that, that whole grunge movement was really important to me uh lane staley was crushed like when when that happened and but was not surprised um mm. and and it's it's like if you think of my generation and you know the uh, uh, there's a movie called singles and the soundtrack to singles was very instrumental like one of uh, the best ever still one of the state. best ever yeah. yeah and you're like okay so allison chains their singer and then uh you've also lincoln park their singer stone temple pilots their singer like it just was so much and andrew wood of uh, mother love bone which was a huge instrumentation of the whole grunge movement actually existing right pearl jam would not exist like this is the craziest part pearl jam would not exist if he hadn't passed away exactly. which is crazy and we right? wouldn't have gotten temple of the dog if he had that's passed right away. yeah and and chris cornell almost seemed to be kind of the one that was, I don't know. It's almost like out of them all seemed to be like the stable one, even mm -hmm. though we know he had his issues, but it seemed like he had overcome them. Mm -hmm. And, and um, just a few days prior and like a few days prior, there was posts of like, Oh, new, new music being worked on by Soundgarden. And, and uh, I'm a huge Soundgarden fan. Yeah. Same. And uh, I was online literally when i saw like the first tweet and i was like what no this like it just was un unreal um 
So, so to me, that was kind of like almost a closing of the door of that era. I know Pearl Jam's still here, but it seemed like all the big artists have lost sort of the the voice, right? Yeah, and, Pearl Jam really is the last flag holder. Yeah, yeah, it's and, crazy. And yeah, it's 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 just unreal. Yeah. And and there's a lot of other artists that didn't get to that status, um, but have also gone through similar experiences. Yeah. Yeah, Cornell, for me, uh, real quick, before I move to the next uh, question here, I want to talk about Woodstock 99 with you, by the way. Sure. Um, yeah, Cornell was one of those guys, like, he he would come to Seafox, and we, he would host, like, the full four hours with me. And I'd be like, dude, like, you don't need to stay here for the full four hours. <laughs> you know, like, we could rip through a half hour of phone calls and get a bunch of content, and I can make it seem like you're here. No, yeah. no, no, dude. No, no, I'll stay here. Is there coffee? Yeah, there's coffee. Yeah, no, I'll stay here then. That's cool. He's yeah. that he was that kind of guy, right? Like I gave him the option to like take a half hour of his time and he's like, no, no, stick around, man. I want to hang out and you know be part of the show. Wow, that's amazing. And he also seemed to be like um really just sort of non-industry and down to earth. Mm -hmm. Uh it was about the music. And if you really listen to the music and what they achieved as songwriters it's amazing because i remember early days listening i'm like how is he coming up with a melody over this stuff in like who knows what tuning and what timing because they always did odd time signatures and right. time changes and they always did like really messed up tunings of guitars and he would always find a melody through it and 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 that's actually quite amazing uh, in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, think about even Jesus Christ pose. <laughs> like how how are you finding the melody there? Where where yeah. is that? Yet he yeah. found it and is one of that's one of the best rock songs of all time. I love that song. Uh, so, so many so many of their songs are just amazing. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean straight up as as a drummer and a and a hack at that, like Matt Cameron is like god. God. Period. I'm a guitarist and I'm like he's god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so to the to the Woodstock 99 uh documentary, did you see that on Netflix yet? Have you have you watched it? Yeah, I did, of course. Holy yeah. shit, like as a as somebody that does event production, could you see that spiraling out of control quicker than they did? You know, as a, somebody who puts on events, you're so close to so many nuances that it is hard to take the step back and look at the whole. Mm. Uh, and I like the one thing that I saw in it, though, was how they were ignoring the, the as it kept building. Right. And, and and I understand that there's also very much a need to show confidence in the public eye, because if, if the public loses confidence in you, in your event, it's done. Uh, midway through, it's done. And so the, they, were, they needed to get to the end line. They did what they needed to do. They could have maybe done it in a better way. Um, and and that was it, like it's it's just a crazy thing and and uh, uh, sorry I'm trying to remember is it Michael Lang yeah, uh, yeah. so I actually the past yeah yeah so I actually met him uh, in New York 
a um, number of years ago and got mm-hmm. to ask a couple of questions and stuff. And, and uh, y- you know, it's an interesting thing where an event is created out of good intentions. Those good intentions were probably four years in planning to get to the event. And so many outside influences take shape and hold and push things in all different ways. And you're the one trying to get it to the end zone and and put on the best event possible. And you're the face of it. So, um, you know, it, it, it's funny because uh, there's a number of us who put on events and these conferences and these festivals and they're multi-days with bands from all over. The, the opportunity for one thing to go wrong is immense, right? <laughs> immense. And I've had just to kind of like in my own sphere, uh, I've had a volcano in Iceland ground us in Dublin for seven days. I've had a lot happened in Ireland. I've had bomb scare in Belfast. Um, in Dublin, the Queen all of a sudden arrived and did stuff, and that meant security locked down all the streets, so that meant volunteers couldn't come to the venues. And wow. then, and we had a flood, so that meant the north and south were divided, of like you couldn't get across the river. Um, I've had a ceiling fall down during a um, <laughs> performance. Uh, I've had... Uh, what else did I have? Um, oh, a uh, VIP tent rolling down Queen Street once, almost hitting all the cars. Because uh, we had a, we were ha- kind of like, I, as a, I can't remember what year it was, but there was like a hurricane going through New York and we caught the tail end of it. And sure enough, it was during the festival. Um, yeah. So you don't plan for that stuff. And, and uh, that's, for the most part, that's like natural stuff, but you also don't plan for the people that show up that are disruptive, break gotcha. stuff, pull down stuff. And, and it, it's tough, you know, it, it's tough. Um, like, like, I wonder how much of that Woodstock 99 had to do with just not enough security. And like when they start to see the troublemakers, like you say, you know, you want to kind of give them a little bit of room to be able to do things. You don't want to like, you know, stop the fun, but like, I wonder how much that had to do with just, there wasn't enough security and they didn't do things when shit was starting to get out of hand. Yeah. And who was the security that they hired? You know, like there's, again, there's so much that goes into planning. Like an example was like for us, even like, you have to think about all the stuff that can go wrong and hope it doesn't go wrong. So all the work that you did, you hope actually you don't have to use right um, so uh i think it was about six seven years ago uh if you remember there were some bombings that took place in europe at concerts uh, yeah well that the uh there was one in uh paris, paris at was, the uh yeah what's it called i'm blanking on the name same but it was eagles of death metal uh yeah right and then there is i think it was it ariana grande or no um there's one in manchester that happened kind of around that time too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I, I i call my my friend who's in security i'm like we need to create sort of a manifest because you're responsible for volunteers uh volunteers are the ones that aren't experienced they're looking to get experience but you're responsible for them so we were 
I was hiring uh, a friend of mine who's in security to write sort of like, here's the manifest of if it all turns sideways, here's what you do. Here's what you don't do to train volunteers. And yeah. Uh, and halfway through that, there was a earthquake in Haiti and he was called to help uh, there. That's kind of his job. He goes to places that are um, in turmoil. Like he's already gone to Ukraine uh, as well. Um so so these are the things you have to think about as an organizer because one everyone's safety is your responsibility uh you have to put on a safe event uh you have to be prepared for all the things so so the list gets longer each time because now there's a pandemic and it's like okay i got the bombing thing i got the this and oh now there's a pandemic thing now i got to be ready for that uh do we have all the gear do we have hand sanitizer is there training uh all that stuff right so right, um, right. just another thing why i'm kind of like i don't know about doing live events so much anymore so. <laughs> yet he starts it up again <laughs> i love it yeah you know yeah. A, a friend of mine had, had uh, and we'll move on after this uh, a friend goes, uh, you know, the main takeaway for me after watching Woodstock 99 was Limp Biscuit was cool as fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. Ah, yeah, they were they were pretty cool. <laughs> well, that's the one thing that the, the documentary does portray, too, is like you hire a band to do what they do. Totally. And that's why Limp Biscuit did. Right. Uh, and they just, killed it. Like, killed they killed it. it. Yeah. Just the song break stuff break stuff alone sure with with that many people breaking things is uh yeah it's it's a recipe for for stuff being broken yeah and it, and it probably <laughs> didn't help that the chili peppers broke out fire as well <laughs> yeah and and i you know if you look back to woodstock 94 that was the mud year yeah. uh nine inch nails performance all covered in mud was epic it was, well, people were throwing mud at them too, like just bomb. Yeah. Well, Green Day, right? And and uh, uh, oh, Primus. I've been wanting to remember this one. So they have a song called "My Name Is Mud." Yeah, my name is Mud. <laughs> so if you watch the video, it's like all of a sudden all the mud was being thrown at them, and and he, uh, Claypool had to stop. He's like, "Look, the song's called My Name Is Mud, but keep the mud to yourself." <laughs> <laughs> I am not mud. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Uh, could you pick a career highlight? Could you nail it down to one thing, or is that just like not happening? Uh, yeah, it's it's that's a really tough one. Um, I kind of look at it as different types of moments. Yeah. Um, meeting certain people that you'd think you would never have the chance, and meeting in a, a situation where you're able to have a conversation, like. Uh, uh, you know, having a dinner with John Densmore, the drummer of the doors and hearing stories about Morrison. Um, that was pretty crazy. Um, wow. You, you know, like, it's like what the, the hell doors. is happening to my life right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like the, this is, those are the kinds of things. And what I have to sort of, I've kind of been lately kind of summarizing COVID makes you reflect and stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and if anything, my highlight really is, doing all the international travel and i just got back from brazil we had two canadian artists playing there at a festival and it's the friends i've made around the world in different territories um 
that and, and getting that experience of culture and language and food and music, of course, uh, mm -hmm. you just can't replace that. Like that's something you can't buy. And uh, I'm very fortunate for that. Going back to Brazil, I'm able to text some people. We meet for uh, lunch, dinner, drinks, all that right away and reconnect. And, and just having that sort of network of people uh, across the globe really is that's my highlight. Yeah, uh, that's great. Daryl, where's the best place for, is there one website for somebody to go to if they're watching this video and like, man, I want to learn more about this guy. I want to learn more about the industry. Like where's the best place for people to go to? Uh, well, all things Indie Week is IndieWeek.com. Sure. Um, I, I keep meaning to have my own website, but I just don't have the time. So LinkedIn is, is a good place to look me up and Instagram. Those are okay. the two places I'm active. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man, for, for jumping on. It's good to see your face. Great to connect and talk and, you know, somebody like-minded, man. I mean, I, I like you, it was probably grade five, grade six that like, I, I, it was, I'm doing something in music. It touched me in such a way that like, I couldn't imagine doing anything else at this point in my life, you know? Yeah, uh, me, me too. And I, I've tried to get out a couple of times and it keeps pulling me back in. So, <laughs> and and at my age now, I don't think there's any turning back. So uh, no. it's full steam ahead. I think we're full steam. Yeah. Well, good luck with the Music Pro Summit, September 6th through 8th. You are at Daryl Hers and at Indie Week on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. How about that? It's like you get marketing and yeah. branding. Yeah, exactly. Just Google them. Easy to find. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. Cheers, dude. We'll have a great day and uh, we'll see you online. Thanks, Daryl. Awesome. Thank you so much. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.